Kia ora. I'm Damien Venuto. It's September 22nd and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. Auckland Airport has hit another bottleneck. Thousands are facing delays and long queues after having to cram into the airport in order to take to the sky during the school holidays. The frustrations are hitting boiling point, with Herald readers calling the airport an absolute zoo and questioning how it is that our largest airport can struggle so much. What's behind these delays and are there any plans in the works to ensure this pressure is alleviated in the future? Today on the front page, NZ Herald business deputy editor Grant Bradley is here to discuss the slow trudge travellers face getting onto their planes. Grant, passengers have been taking stories to the media complaining about the massive delays at Auckland Airport. So what's to blame here? Look, the aviation system is complex. I know that doesn't solve anyone's problem. However, it's worth remembering that Auckland Airport handles about 15 million passengers a year at the moment. That's still down on pre-COVID numbers, but that's an awful lot of people going through the airport. And look, most people have a pretty good experience, but now we're seeing a number of people, an unacceptable number of people who aren't. And it's a terrible look for the country's international gateway. The main problem seems to be when a number of flights arrive at the same time, and that is not necessarily the airport's fault. As I say, the aviation system is complex, there's delays at other ports and problems along the way. This exacerbates problems on the ground where Auckland Airport is doing a lot of construction work throughout its entire operation and importantly in the arrivals hall. When you go through it, it does resemble a bit of a bomb site. It's not a great place to be and there's constrained space. On top of that, you've got customs and, importantly, MPI. Now, MPI is the agency that makes sure that there's no bad bugs coming into New Zealand. They're doing a lot of scanning of luggage. It's unclear whether they're doing more than normal. But New Zealand is, is quite unique in the level of biosecurity that we have. My colleague here at the Herald, Ben Leahy, has been doing some excellent work on this this week and what he's discovered is that MPI is looking to introduce a trial whereby they're going to identify biosecurity risks earlier in the system so not everyone's bag needs to be scanned. That could free up the system a little bit. This problem with delays isn't anything new though. Even before COVID there were stories about huge backlogs at Auckland Airport, right? Before the pandemic, there was a massive increase in passenger numbers as tourism boomed. There are around about 17 million passengers a year. So the problems over the last decade have ranged from traffic jams on roads leading to the airport to problems with paving on the runway. Not necessarily the airport company's fault, but in a way they're putting on the party and they seem to cop a lot of the criticism. Grant, is this problem unique to Auckland Airport in New Zealand or are we also seeing similar problems at other airports domestically? Auckland Airport is by far the busiest in the country. Other airports aren't afflicted by these same problems, unless there's a weather issue. But Auckland Airport, with its constrained domestic terminal, which is a terrible experience for a lot of people, is the main problem area at the moment. What's Auckland Airport doing to address those things within its control? Obviously, there are a lot of factors at play over here, but what is the airport specifically doing to address these concerns? I spoke to the airport's new chief operations officer, Chloe Surridge, in Auckland, and she had a fair idea what was coming down the track. 
Every day there is a new challenge and that's what makes it so fun. And that is really all about forward planning. So when we think about peak times of travel, so the school holidays, for example, is a perfect time where we want to start planning well in advance, at least six to eight weeks out. And then once we start to think also about disruption events. So we might have bad weather events, for example, around the world that cause disrupted flying. She described the airport's role as being the conductor of the orchestra. What they can do is provide information to the agencies and service providers that get passengers through the airport. What they were looking to do was provide more timely information to the government agencies. They were putting on people to answer questions in the arrivals hall. And longer term, the infrastructure improvements will help, but they're some years away. In your recent interview with Emirates CEO Sir Tim Clark, it was a great interview, he said that airport partners simply didn't hire enough staff fast enough to prepare for the huge uptick in travel that we're now seeing. I mean, I came out of Birmingham the other day, delayed yet again because air traffic control short-staffed in Germany. So you're in the hands of a lot of people, what I call the naysayers of old, who wouldn't recruit, wouldn't believe that things would come back. Even though people like us were saying, you remember the 208, 209 crisis? You remember the 1998 crisis? You remember the ash cloud? You remember 9-11? Do you remember all of that? Oh, yes. Do you know what happened after that? Surge, surge, surge. Unbelievable restoration of business. Do you think what's happening at Auckland Airport proves this point? Oh, look, absolutely. The squeeze at Auckland Airport is not unique. Globally, we saw some big problems in European airports last summer, but a lot of airports are functioning a lot more smoothly, Dubai being a great example. Recently flew through Phuket in Thailand, when Phuket is supposedly the most over-touristed place in the world, but both arriving and departing from that airport, smooth as silk. You know, that's a very small sample, but the problem spooling up, if you like, at Auckland can be tracked to a shortage of ground handlers. The airport company itself didn't have any problems rehiring staff. So, yeah, uh, problems with ground handlers and the government agencies who are also looking for more staff. As we knew from, say, six months ago, there were problems hiring people. As uh, labour supply is less tight now, maybe things will improve. Can you talk to us a little bit about the construction going on at Auckland Airport? What's happening to change the airport? And do you think that that's exacerbating these issues right now? Well, look, it's difficult to build something while you're running an operation. It's you know being likened to changing a tyre while your car's moving down the motorway. And that's what we're seeing a bit of here, especially in the arrivals hall. But yeah, Auckland Airport has a huge programme of work underway, uh, around about $4 billion over the next decade or so. That includes a new domestic terminal, pilot works already started on that a massive new paved parking area for new aircraft to the southwest of the airport lots of the boring stuff you don't see the horizontal infrastructure whether it be wastewater or fuel distribution and yeah as i say the arrival hall itself longer term do you think that those improvements at auckland airport will help to smooth out some of the problems that we're seeing today Yeah, they certainly should, and the domestic terminal is going to be joined up to the international terminal, and so that's going to cut connection times between international and domestic, which would be a big relief to a lot of people. The front page is the NZ Herald Daily News Show. For business podcasts, check out the NZ Herald and Business Desk podcast networks on iHeartRadio.
We also saw the other week the announcement that Air New Zealand is being hit by engine issues. What's happening there, Grant, and how is that going to add to travellers' woes in the coming weeks and months? Yeah, look, this is a long-term problem for lots of airlines, including Air New Zealand, who have these problematic Pratt & Whitney engines installed on their new A321 aircraft. There's a, a, a problem taking them off planes and getting them inspected and, if necessary, repaired. That takes months with a new issue that's been discovered. And so next year, New Zealand will uh, have to juggle its trans-Tasman and Pacific schedule with these A321 aircraft. Been pretty quiet after an initial announcement on how it's going to impact passengers, but it's a problem they don't need. On top of all this, airlines like Air New Zealand and Qantas have reported huge profits recently, but airfares don't seem to be going down. This was an issue when we last spoke, Grant, and you were quite concerned about it. Are we seeing any progress when it comes to those airfares? Look, that's interesting. I spoke to um, Flight Centre's global brand boss this week. He's seeing those early signs of fares starting to retreat, some normality uh, returning to how fares are priced through seasons, so something called early bird fares for next New Zealand winter, they're out. They look kind of closer to pre-pandemic levels from Singapore Airlines, for example. And the trend for promotional fares is down. There's better deals on the Tasman, which is important, especially for families. So, yeah, look, early signs of some improvement, but the message is if you see a fare that you think is a good one, grab it. What would your advice be for customers who are maybe afraid of missing flights? Is the trick here that you just arrive at the airport a lot earlier these days? Through Auckland Airport, departing doesn't seem to be a problem. And anyone who's gone through the airport will find that that's not a bad experience. Yeah, it's, a, it's a wonderful departure lounge and scanning at security doesn't seem to be delayed any more than normal. But it's uh, people who face connections who may be a bit worried when they arrive and then have to catch a domestic flight or another international flight. So, look, one thing you do is tell crew aboard your aircraft that you've got a tight connection. They can do what they um, can to facilitate early exit from the aircraft. The other thing is to actually just talk to fellow passengers and say, look, can I get a head of view on the aisle to get out of this plane? And also in the arrival hall, if you see someone who looks as though they're an authority, just approach them and tell them about your problem. Grant, given all these factors when it comes to the delays and the high prices of airfares right now, do you think that travellers are justified in being a little bit angry? And when can we expect these airline and airport woes to subside? Yeah, uh, completely understandable, the angst that passengers are expressing. And, and to be honest, look, the excuses are starting to wear a little bit thin. So uh, it's not going to get solved overnight. Last summer was bumpy here in New Zealand. This summer is going to be bumpy again, I'm afraid, because there are new carriers coming in and high passenger numbers, and especially over school holiday periods, peak holiday periods such as Christmas and New Year. But the trend is improving. We're seeing capacity come back into the market and we're seeing hiring of people. Importantly, these new recruits are being trained up, they're gaining experience and they know what they're doing. So if not this summer, going into next year, things may look a bit rosier. Thanks for joining us, Grant. 
that's it for this episode of The Front Page. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The Front Page is produced by Sean D. Wilson with executive producer Ethan Sills. I'm Damien Venuto. You can follow The Front Page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in on Monday for another look behind the headlines.